That's right, another podcast in the month of many. I'm dropping them all in celebration of my show on Travel Channel's premiere June 2nd at 8 p.m. Just watch it. That's all I want you to do is take all this free content and just enjoy it. Trip Flip premieres June 2nd at 8 p.m. on Travel Channel with a double premiere episode. Make sure to watch both Michigan and Louisiana. I'm still on my sabbatical. This is still technically day one. Uh, I was 242 last night. I was 239 this morning. I'm posting these on Periscope. So if you don't already, follow me on Periscope and watch me chronicle my weight loss. And don't think I wasn't inspired by Doug Stanhope's tin tin can rehab. That was quite honestly the best month of podcasting I've ever witnessed. And so I figured I'd do something similar and just drop awesome podcasts. But talk to you now and tell you how I'm doing or show it on Periscope and then just have great podcasts. And man, I got a ton of great ones coming up. I talked to Neil Brennan. I talked to Todd Glass. I talked to Jason Ellis. I got Tully scheduled for Friday from Jason Ellis' show. Al Jackson, Ryan Dalton, Allison Rosen, uh, Jim Jeffries. These will all be dropped for you for free. I hope you enjoy. And today, quite honestly, is maybe, and I'm not even fucking around, the best podcast I've ever done. I've never been more enthralled by one human being's story Next to Joey Diaz, just that fucking authentic. You might know him as the winner of Last Comic Standing. You might know him as the guy that opened up for Gabe for you know five years. I know him as one of the funniest comics working. I saw him one time perform at Dublin's in L.A., and he knocked my socks off. I knew he had stories, but the story you're about to hear is honestly something I only thought happened in movies. I'm telling you when I say this, if you were ever to share this podcast with anyone, this is the one to do it. Mind you, I have a ton to go. I only hope that I learned something from today and that he shut the fuck up and let him talk. Because what you're about to hear, I'm telling you, have me on the edge of my seat. And I'm a good audience. I know good stories when I hear good stories. Today's guest, Felipe Esparza. This is Cool. That's the new one, right? Yeah, the Zoom 8. Yeah, the Zoom... Yo, it's a Zoom 6. You're right. H6. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're talking that? And that, um... What is that? Oh, this is the Dinkum system. They're clamps my buddy gave me. So I grab them. I got them all over there. That's a shit, man. I'll tell. Uh, I'll tell. I'll t- he's my new DP for my new show. So I'll tell him tell to s- hook you up with some. Yeah, man, that's badass. Then you have it like that, and then it hits me. Or yeah, what? he created. Yeah, he created the clamp. And then uh, you know, off the record, but on the record, he brought it to GoPro to try to sell it to them, and they fucking stole the idea. Fuck, that's badass. And then they sued them, and they had to fucking settle with them. It's a pretty badass clamp, right? Yeah, it's great because we use them on my TV show. So like. We'll just fucking... Do you want anything to drink? I have water. Okay. We use them on my TV show. And you just fucking throw a GoPro on it, slap a dinkum on, you just hook it on, and it's fucking there, and you can take them off. Your TV show was... For Travel Channel. Not, not Birth of Conqueror, right? Another no, one? it's coming back. Birth of yeah, Conqueror is coming tight. back. Yeah. Um, Birth of Conqueror. I used to watch the one where you went with the couples. That's it. That's Trip Flip. It show starts showing again June 2nd I saw you when you went with a black couple somewhere. <laughs> ah, by the way, Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah I, I saw, that's the we one went. I saw. <laughs> 
You want to know something interesting about that? I'm scared, bro, to do anything. He, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we. Man, not to, I thought that he wanted to say, man, what we got myself here too? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, they were, uh, his name is John and his, uh, he wasn't a very strong swimmer, but we were too afraid to look racist and ask what his swimming level was. So we didn't just we just, just we just left it. We were like, fine, he'll be fine. Sure. And then he well, got, you're not Cuban, huh? <laughs> and so, but he had a hard time swimming and he almost drowned. <laughs> but him and his, his wife today and I went out and went swimming with sea lions. It was really great. They were, they were turned it off. Is that you? Um, they're a great couple. They still live in. Uh, I hang out with all the couples still. Where I grew up, everybody could. everybody that was black could swim. I don't know if I didn't start growing up. Black people can't swim. Everybody in my neighborhood could swim. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you grew up in East LA? Yeah, Boyle Heights. Yeah, it's like the capital of East LA. Really? It's like when you. It's like um, East LA looks down at Boyle Heights. And go, nah, we're better. And Boyle Heights, say, nah, we're better. <laughs> then they say, nah, man, you guys ain't shit. You guys are like by the factories. So where I grew up, every all. We're surrounded by nothing but warehouses. I'm trying to figure out where Bull Heights is. I don't know if I've ever been over there. You probably have if you've been through on 4th, 4th Street in Soto or by General Hospital area, USC Medical Center. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been hurt? Or um, driving by it on the way to Long Beach? Okay, yeah, I know where it is now, Bull Heights. Did uh, was, it, was it a rough neighborhood? It was pretty well. It's rough, you know, from the out. When, once you leave it, like you go back and you start thinking about it, oh, well, it was, it was, it must have been rough. But when you're a part of it, you don't see it as rough no more. You just like, you just go with it. Yeah. Or you forget. But sometimes you think about it, okay, wow, man, I forgot. The guy next door was selling crack out of his house. Because <laughs> we used to live with my, I used to live with my mom. I have five brothers, one sister. We grew up in Boyle Heights. Um, these projects called Pico Gardens. But there was no gardens. <laughs> Fucking no gardens. And um, there was like, it's funny, like there was first playground was the beginning of the Pico Gardens. And there was a second playground. So this project went from 1st Street all the way to 6th Street. Really? So that's how big it was. That's like huge. That's like, uh, that's like uh, the, out by the, the tar pits, that huge housing complex for actors. Yeah, that one. That one was supposed to be originally a housing project too. Oh yeah, it became a military home. Yeah, they, they couldn't rent them, but now it's like a, a gated community. Yeah, yeah. The windows are gated, the back doors gated. <laughs> so, wait, you, are you the oldest? I'm the oldest, man. And did, did was was like like I like I don't I always say like you're the first person I think I ever saw do stand up that I went everything's fucking real, like you know like there's no there's no fakeness to it. Like, I remember seeing you. I told you this, that we were at the bar. At Dublin's, right? Yeah, Dublin's for the first time. And you had me fucking howling, laughing. And it was just like everything came off very fucking genuine. Do you, is that like, is that, I mean, like, did you ever think of not, of like, you know, trying to heighten it? Or is that just your life and that's the way you talk about it? At first, you know, I try to be like writing jokes because I started off deadpan. Yeah. I used to like Stephen Wright. Yeah. So all my jokes were like, so how are you guys doing tonight? Good, all right. Yeah. So it was all deadpan. But then I started working rooms where you can't be deadpan. Yeah. People start yelling shit out, man. Stop stuttering up there, motherfucker. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, Stop mumbling up there. Because <laughs> I think I used to have, um, you know, you don't know it's a speech impairment until you grow out of it. You know, oh, okay, that's a speech impairment. Eh? <laughs> 
I thought I was just talking retarded my whole life. <laughs> like, my father would, like, tell me, like, talk right. Like, yeah. but, like, you know, you're scared, you know. So I would just mumble my words. So my my dad would talk, would say that you talk like, um, like, uh, in Spanish, you know, you sound you talk, como una matralladora. That means a machine gun. Really? Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you, know, you talk like a machine gun, you'd be like, da, 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 da. Was that just English or Spanish too? Spanish. Spanish? Spanish. I would mumble Spanish. But then it's funny, man, when you, when you have a stuttering problem or you stutter, if you sing, you know, it don't, it don't come out like you stutter. Yeah. And then when you, when you do, when you do like a speaking words, like out loud. Yeah. It doesn't come out as stuttering, because you know you're speaking. You're speaking something like you wrote or somebody wrote for you. Yeah. When I when I read, it comes out natural. But if I get nervous, I get a little stuttering. You know. Really. Like when I, I had um Emilio Rivera on my podcast. Yeah. That's um Mark Al, Marcus Alvarez from Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, and he told me the same thing that he had a big stuttering problem. Really. But it wasn't until he started like acting or doing some kind of performance that it went away. Really? Shit, mine went away because my dad used to fuck my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> Talk right, cabron. <laughs> God damn it, man. You're fucking like, like you just a reek of authenticity. Does it, does it drive you crazy when you see comics, Mexican comics come up and try to pretend they're something that they're not? Yeah, but you know, the audience notice right away though, man. Really? Yeah, because they're pronouncing the, the words wrong. Yeah. Like I saw that one comedian from San Diego, and he's a funny guy. And he tried to do a joke about piñatas, but uh, he pronounced even um he pronounced it wrong. He didn't add the ñ to the end. Yeah, he said panadas. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. I, don't I, I, I eat chili relanos. <laughs> they noticed. Did uh wait? Did you start? What club did you start at? I started off at a place called the Natural Fudge. The Natural on, Fudge on. on I forgot the name of the street it was, but it was like a vegan, vegetarian um, coffee house. Yeah. I met um, Brian Holtzman there. Oh, yeah, Brian Holtzman. And Freddie Soto, Jamie Kennedy, Alonzo Bowden, and some guy named Ruben Quintana. Yeah. They were the, and Cynthia, some girl named Cynthia Levine or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's from the comedy store. I met them there. And then they told you about, they're like, you got to go do Dublin's. No, there was there were no Dublins around yet. Oh you yeah, know, there was nothing. I don't think. Well, maybe if it was, but it was called what something year is this? else. I don't know. Ninety six, early ninety six. Okay, yeah. Okay, I was still I was still in fucking college. Yeah, Dublin was called something now. O'Brien's and Valdez. I don't know if O'Brien was a comedian. O'Brien and Valdez, yeah. they're comedians. Oh yeah, but it was called um, some kind of um, Mexican thing. But I didn't go to Hollywood yet. Really, I was just at the open mic. And did you? Could you? Can you do? Could you do stand up in Spanish? Yeah. I, I, no. 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 I tried it on television last year, you know, for cash, and I yeah. did it. And you did it? Yeah. I, I wrote down all my jokes in English, and then I just translated them on Google, like translate oh. to Spanish. Hey, don't you speak Spanish at all? I speak Spanish, but you know, I don't know all the words. <laughs> like I'll- there's some word like. Like Spanish that we speak here in California, New Mexico, Texas, Chicago, you know, Chicago Mexicans, <laughs> West Nyack Mexicans in New yeah. York, yeah. Florida, Waimama Mexicans, you know, yeah. I know all the Mexicans that they show up to my show. And um, <clears throat> our, we make up our own language that only exists in America. Like, yeah. I don't know, I, for a long time, I didn't know how, how you say 
park my car in Spanish because I would just say, parquealo, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I found out that, that word doesn't even exist in the Spanish language. That's like chiconics. That's a word. That's, that's a word that's made up here in America. It's a, a mixture of Mexican and Spanish and, and American English. Another one is breaks, like breaks. I, I don't know how to say breaks in Spanish, but we say um, fix my brecas. <laughs> but that's that's not a word in Spanish. It's really? um, I think it's called frenos. Yeah, but I didn't know that. <laughs> but you go, to, you start to say that during doing stand up Spanish. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh man, my my brecas don't work. And they'll be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> Shut up. So, did you do it for like Telemundo? I did it. I wish they pay my, more money. I did it for a smaller, the most smallest Latino station in um in America. That you could do that show, man. Really? Yeah. It's called um, Estrella TV. Estrella TV. And man, me and Joey Coco Diaz did that show. Shut up, dude. It was, We were there. It's like the funniest show. Um. I'm telling you, man, you could do that show. All they do is put they they put a, a earpiece for you, and they'll translate what whatever the host is saying in English, and then you answer in English, and then the host answers back in Spanish. Or if you if you understand what he's saying, I can understand all. a little Spanish. But I grew up in Florida, so like playing baseball, you know, you just had to learn Spanish. Everyone knew enough to like get by. Tú sabes, papi. Tú sabes. pelota. Yeah. Pelota. <laughs> buenos ojos. Buenos ojos. Buenos ojos. Buenos ojos. <laughs> good eye. Good eye. Yeah. So so wait. So you do the you did the show with Joey. I did the Joey the show with Joey, and the host is funny. Man, the show the, the he's like a Jay Leno, Letterman type of stand up comedian. But yeah. the only thing that he dresses up like a clown. He has a suit on, big old shoes. He's called it Noches con Platanito. He has a big old red afro. Yeah, full on clown makeup, doing stand up in Spanish. I mean, his his Spanish jokes are fast. Like he's coming at you a hundred miles an hour in Spanish. Really, but and I couldn't keep up. Joey couldn't keep up, and then Joey's trying to speak Spanish, but his Spanish is all Cuban and English. Yeah. Papa, super tu sabes, papa. Papadito, tu sabes, tu sabes, papadito. And then uh, he say he Joey Coco said, "You understand? You understand what I'm saying, papadito." Yeah. And then the clown is saying, no, 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 I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. Explain, yeah. explain it to me in English or Spanish. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> laughing and we're just looking around. Why are they laughing? Did you guys get high first? Yeah. <laughs> what did you first smoke pot? When I was like probably 20. What? Yeah. How does everyone start so old? We were 14. Probably because um, I don't know why, because there was alcohol was available first. Yeah. There was oh. alcohol over the house. How 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 were you first time you got drunk? Probably fifteen. Yeah, I saw a beer man and we drank it. Really? Where was <laughs> where was this at? Just your it house? was probably a, it was at a wedding. Yeah, I think my cousin was getting married and they had like this full on band, and uh, there was beer everywhere. And I, my brother said, "I found a beer." My brother was a thief, man. Yeah, my brother Angel, he, he's a thief. He always say he found stuff, but he really stole it. Yeah. I found these two jackets, eh? <laughs> Check it out, eh? I got you one, too. <laughs> is he, is that, how much younger is he? Huh? How much younger is he? He's like, man, we're like Irish twins, bro. We're like nine months apart. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, so wait, did, like when you were growing up, like, was it, were there gangs around? There was a lot of, there was um, gangs. 
Like where I grew up in my little area, there was like one, two, three, four, five, five gangs. Really? Yeah, some of the gangs were not really gangs. They were just um, a bunch of guys who hung out together with long hair. Yeah. And they were called stoners. Yeah. There'll be like 20 of them, you know, and they all have long hair. Yeah. And they're all just smoking pot and listening to the doors and Led Zeppelin and they play football against other long hair guys. Yeah. They go to a bunch of concerts. They jump people, you know. Really? And they get all the chicks. But they're not gangbangers, but they will fuck you up, you know. Yeah. If you fuck with one of them. Did you was there ever like a draw to get into a gang? Yeah. I got jumped in. What do you what? I got jumped into a gang. Seriously? Yeah, because I was hanging out with this gang for a while because it was like in 1985 or 84, you know, break dancing was around. So what were you, how, how old were you? I was like, like eight, 17, 18. I started, how old are you right now? 46. You're not 46. Yeah. God, you look so fucking young. I know, man. Came, man. Palmolive. <laughs> so wait, you're 15 and you're hanging out with these guys. Yeah, I'm 15 and we're hanging out with these guys and they're, um, what are they? They're broad, They're all break dancers. Yeah. You know, they're break dancing and they're doing, they're really good break dancers. But I can't break dance, you know. But I still hang out with them. Yeah. You know, but I was like, um, I was in charge of shoplifting white gloves for the wear. I mean, if you need white gloves yeah, to, to, break, to pop lock. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other friend who couldn't break dance either, he used to carry the cardboard box. <laughs> so you guys so, are like the production crew. The production crew, man. We're grip <laughs> and security. So then break dancing disappears and then crack takes replaces come break dancing then yeah. everybody's selling crack everyone 14 years old 13 year old kids and um i'm getting older i stopped hanging around with them i'm 18 now yeah and then um i'm like hanging around with them a lot like i'm selling crack with them doing bad stuff then they jump somebody you know and then one day these guys are going around jumping people who are already in the gang yeah there is like a discipline it's called going to court so they, they ask him, you know, hey, man, you haven't been hanging around for a while, man. What's up? You still in it to win it or something? And they go, nah, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets jumped. You know, it's like, it's like getting jumped back in. Yeah. It's like getting reinstated again. Yeah. It's like it's like how, it's like paying your union dues for being <laughs> in a gang, man. Yeah. You know, like getting some seniority. Because when you're in a gang, you got to hang out, man. You got to show some facial time, face time around these people, you know. Yeah. Even if you don't do, ever do nothing or, like, shoot anybody, at least you were there when it happened. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> that was you? I never shot anybody, man. <laughs> I never jumped anybody. I just stood there and shit. <laughs> when there was, everybody was fucking chicks, I was just there watching, <laughs> smoking all the weed, drinking all the beer, really smoking all the weed, you know, drinking all the beer, you know, 20 years old, drinking all the weed. Yeah. I was 20 years old. All these fools were now um, 15, 16 years old. Really? Yeah, hanging out. And then, like, somebody gets, sh one of my friends got shot up. Really? He got shot. He got shot. Like, we were coming out of this party, and I had just bought a Cadillac. Yeah. I had a 79 Coupe DeVille Cadillac. Yeah. Dude, it had a, it had a, it had one of those um, air shocks. Yeah. So I would go to the gas station and put the air thing in and pssst. Then the bag would just rise, you know, like it's showing off his ass. Yeah. So I'm riding, you know, with my ass up in the air, you know, cruising and shit. <laughs> and as I'm driving with six fools in my car because that's how we roll, you know, Mex gangs, we carpool, man. <laughs> 
We don't think about you know, what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. I don't understand why gangs do that. Why are you carpool, you know? Why so many people in a car? You know, fuck it. Let's all get caught in. <laughs> yeah. You guys are just environmentalists. Yes. We're just driving around. And I, that gas was expensive, man. It was a Cadillac 425 engine. Yeah. So we were driving around, and we're at this party by my old high school, Roosevelt High School. And this car passes by. And my friend throws a bottle at it. Then the car turns around. And he starts shooting at us. And my friend gets shot in the face. Are you shitting me? Like he gets shot right in the fucking face. And everybody runs inside. Everybody's screaming. Ah! Oh, shit. He got shot. And then we go outside. And I look at it. I, I, man, <clears throat> I look at him like I'm looking right at him. And there's like this big old hole in his head. And the blood's coming out of the back of his head. Was he dead? And, and I touch his paws. And I looked around, and I said, man, he's dead, man. I think we all should just leave right now because they're going to start asking questions. So I got back in my Cadillac, and I said, anybody want to come with me right now? Nobody. So I drove away, man, with four. I took three girls with me and a guy. We went back to um, Aliso Village. That's the other side of the project. Right there, there's five gangs. Yeah. At this area, there, there was like a crib gang and four Mexican gangs. And and I went over there and I told everybody they shot this guy. He's fucking dead. He's done. And I, and then I, we were getting phone calls that the cops came in and they took everybody at the house and they arrested everybody that was there. Really? <laughs> Holy shit. And you're like 20 years old? Yeah. God damn it. And, and that I guy was, just died. Hmm? That guy just died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was shot. He was dead, man. Holy shit, you say, but you, it's so funny. Like, if that had happened to me, that would be like a life-defining moment. Like, I would talk about it once a fucking week. I'd be like, did I ever tell you the time I was there when the guy got shot? And every, and, and I'd make it about me. I wouldn't, but you just say it very casually, like, yeah, he's fucking gone. Yeah, man, he was gone. And it was crazy because I think the gang that shot him, his father grew up with that gang. Really? Yeah, but now it's like a third generation, you know. Yeah. And he gets killed. Holy shit. So you're 20 years old. When did you start doing stand-up? When I was 23, 24, I came out of, I was like, I came out of rehab. Really? You yeah. came out of rehab? Yeah, because right after that happened, it must have, um, but that's not the first time, like, I saw someone get killed or, well, the first time someone got killed and I was, like, nearby, yeah. you know? I've seen people, like, I saw someone get shot from far away before. But, uh, you know, it was crazy, cause, but I saw him get shot, and maybe, like, I was enough, you know, you could, just enough to hear the bullets yeah. and see the person fall and see the people run away. Yeah. It was that close. And then, my, and then um, so it's like, when I speak to my friends about growing up there, the ones who are my age, it feels like like speaking to people that were in Bosnia or something. Or, really? Or they have, they're still shell-shocked, or we talk about, I asked my friend, do you ever have this dream, man, that you're running on the projects and someone's shooting at you, you know, and um, then you wake up and go, yeah, I have the same dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess I, I never dealt with what happened those days. I just moved on, you know, because yeah. I, I felt like it was a part of growing up or a part of life. Holy shit. Yeah. So then so then, did, then you started smoking pot, but then you obviously went deeper? Oh, yeah. When, when I went from pot, like the first month. Then the next month, I was, like, smoking PCP. <laughs> we were at this birthday party for this kid, right? <laughs> and his dad used to sell PCP. 
yeah. the dad, we're at a birthday party for this, this guy. It's funny, this guy who, his birthday party, he's, he was in a wheelchair, yeah. right? He got shot by somebody, like funny. That's funny, he got, he got shot by somebody where where I was at, you know, Aliso Village, that's a place with a, one black gang and four Mexican gangs. Yeah. He got shot there in the back. So he's in a wheelchair now. So he, he, we're having a birthday party for his kid. He's turning five, I guess. And then they bring out this little bottle of PCP. I've always knew what that was because I yeah. just see people running around naked, you know. Yeah. My One time my my little league coach, I think, his, what's his name, Larry? What was his name? No, Larry Santos. Yeah. Larry the Saint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Larry the Saint. It sounds funny when you translate it. <laughs> He um he showed up. He was an assistant coach, bro. Yeah, you know we're about to play this game, baseball against okay, so a real fucking little league game. Yeah, so there's like maybe five parents there who care about their kids playing baseball, and the rest of these neighborhood kids, you know, who love baseball, the coach, umpire, you know, yeah. whatever. And then like the the head coach. He starts fucking freaking out, bro. Like, yeah, I'm free, man. I'm fucking free, Holmes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Holmes. Fuck yeah, Holmes. I'm fucking free, Holmes. And I'm like standing like, I'm like sitting next to him, you know, because I suck, you know. I'm not fucking starting. I'm in the back. And I'm with the losers, bro. The losers with no fucking gloves. It sucks when you don't fuck when you people don't know when you suck at baseball yeah. in a neighborhood like mine where nobody could afford a glove. Yeah. Some people don't have gloves. Some people don't show up with cleats. Yeah. You know, so I'm sitting there with a guy who has no cleats on because somebody who plays better than him has to start. He has no cleats. So the fool's sitting there fucking barefoot, dog. <laughs> fucking sucks dick. This guy sucks. I mean <laughs> when you when you play a little league in the, in the neighborhood, man. Times are bad, man. Yeah. You're sitting there with no T-shirt because the guy who plays better than you needs a T-shirt, so you got to wear your T-shirt. Yeah. So you're fucking sitting there naked sometimes <laughs> with no glove, no cleats. All you have are your Shit. Cheetos. Cheetos? <laughs> so this head, this assistant coach is there. You're going, yeah, bro. Fucking homie. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fucking Steve Garvey, bro. Fucking Steve Garvey, Start yelling out Dodger, old Dodger names. <laughs> Ron save, bro, the penguin. You know? <laughs> yeah. He starts taking all his clothes off. All his clothes off. Like, he's butt naked, man. Like, Tarzan. Like, yeah. butt naked. And he's running around the bases naked, bro. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, man. <laughs> fucking home run. Dick is jumping around. And I'm fucking, like, 12. You know, first time seeing a naked man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on PCP? Yeah, no cops show up. Really? Who like nobody called the cops, man? <laughs> and they just they just put a blanket over him and they hog tied him, the homies, you know, and put him in a car and took him away. But that's really. It. And then and then cut to you're at that kid's birthday party. Yeah. And then you- so I'm at that I'm at that um one of the little guys that were in my little league team. <laughs> yeah. You know he got shot in the back. Now he's older. He had a kid, and that's the first time I tried PCP. Really. And, and it's funny, I, I tried PCP, man, and I went home, and I was just walking around all PCP out like I'm on, like like uh, like if um like if I was Spider Man, man, I was crawling, you know, really, like just crawling, yeah. And then the cops pulled me over, really. The cops pulled me over, man, and um, they smell PCP on me, and they're searching my pockets. You have anything on you? And all I had was candy from that piñata from that birthday party. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I think when I, when I took the PCP at the piñata, at the birthday party, they brought the piñata. Yeah. And I got this fucking hoke rage, I guess. Yeah. And I, and I ran for all the candy, man. I was like the only adult. <laughs> and I thought I was pushing kids away. And I think I got kicked out of that birthday party. What happened was. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm grabbing all this candy out of the piñata. And I, I, they were trying to break the piñata with a stick, and I just ran. I just jumped, and I grabbed the piñata. <laughs> and I ran with it, and so I'm back in the neighborhood, and the cops tells me, man, you, you have more fucking candy than fucking weapons on you? <laughs> I said, yeah, man, I'm a big fucking piñata, man. <laughs> like, the, like the cops shoved me, and candy came out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing, man. I told you, bro, you're my piñata. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. So then they, t- they, t- they take you to jail? No, man. What I did was I, I lied. When I was, I lied because um, I was, when I, I was, um, someone had got shot in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's funny, another, another person I just got yeah. shot. <laughs> I was watching Saturday Night Live. You know, thinking about being a comedian, finally. Yeah. You know, I was watching Saturday Night Live. I was, I was living there with my baby mama. I had two kids. Really? Yeah, I had two kids already. And now my son, my 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 baby, my my son's mom brother was living there, too. Yeah. So when I heard, like, this loud ass, da 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 like, fucking the most loudest gun I ever heard in my life. Yeah. And I went outside. And then I, this kid who was like just 14 years old, he was just a tiger kid. They were probably, they just came from writing graffiti all over downtown LA. Yeah. He just walking by, bro. They're just walking by. And these guys passed by with an AK 47 and they shoot up everybody. And he just happened to be there and they shot that fool in the head. I went outside. And I walked over here, and I saw, and I said, fuck, I know this kid. And I looked, I looked at the wall, and the wall had, like, chips of cement where they missed. Yeah. And the bullet that came out of his head. And um, so I came, I said, fuck, eh. So I was looking around, and he was dead, and everybody ran. And everybody was running. You better leave, bro. You better leave. So I was the last one to leave. I shouldn't even came out of my fucking house. Yeah. What the fuck come out of there? Hey, man, shoot me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like nosy, bro. Yeah. I guess I always want to be a reporter, I guess. <laughs> so I went out there, man. If I had a cell phone, man, I would have probably had, would have been a, a fucking sensation right now, yeah. bro. Nightcrawler and shit. Yeah. So I go back in my house and... um. Some motherfucker told the cop that I was there when it happened. Some fucking rat. I don't know who it was. Some piece of shit. Yeah. Because the next day, I'm like just, I had a long night already, the next day, because I was, you know, I was selling crack and doing uh, my shit in my neighborhood where I grew up. I'm in a neighborhood, you know, where it's, right now it's neutral, you know, but I I, I go in the other neighborhood, you know, because right here it belongs to, other name, another gang. They sell drugs there. Yeah. I'm not allowed to sell the drugs there, so I gotta go walk quarter of a mile, three, another mile away yeah. to sell drugs where it's safe for me. So somebody from that area must have told the cops that I was there when it happened, you know, to cover their ass. So the next day, man, my my girlfriend goes, ex girlfriend, she goes, hey, um. I'm fucking half asleep, naked. I'm asleep, man, in the bed. She goes, I think the cops are looking for you. She goes, really? 
here what are they wearing suits fuck <laughs> suits bro why why with suits and i said oh shit so my right there in my mind i'm not even thinking about the guy who got shot i'm thinking sh- about shit that I must, that i thought i got away with yeah. you know bad shit that nobody knows about that i'm not gonna mention right here you know so <laughs> yeah so so i said fuck this and i live in a housing project so we have a we have, we have a back door thank god yeah. So I, I came out of the back door, and I ran out of the house with no shoes on, by the way. I just ran, man, and I didn't even I – could, I could have stepped on nails. I wouldn't have felt it. I just ran, and I ran to the other side of the housing projects. I passed the, the spot where he got killed, and I kept going straight. And some of these housing projects where I grew up, they're three stories. And on the third story, you could go on top of the roof because they had, like, a clothes hanger. Yeah, for people to dry their clothes. So I just went up the roof, and I fucking hid up there, man. Really? And so they didn't have enough time to go look for me. So that was that. Yeah. So the next day, long night again. Fuck, man. This time they come again, man. Man, when Ice T wrote that song, he wasn't kidding, man. Six in the morning, police at my door. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And they'll first show up squeaking across the bathroom door. door. So I come out of the out the next I, I same guy in a suit with another with a with an LAPD officer is knocking. I come out I go try to go to the other side. Shit, they're waiting for me at the back door, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was three LAPD officers with with um black and whites. They come into my house and I'm sitting there and they start looking all over the house. You know, no search warrant. Nobody told hey go ahead, motherfuckers. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and go find what you wanted. Don't take my Fruit Loops. <laughs> no, no, um, you're under arrest. No fucking, um, um, you have the right to remain silent. These would just come in like fucking Gestapo, bro. Like, yeah, like they were looking for fucking Jews, bro, in the fucking in Warsaw. Yeah, motherfucker, I told you guys to get on that fucking train two days ago. What the fuck are you guys still doing here in this fucking ghetto? <laughs> so that's what I felt like. So they, um, they fucking start looking for weapons. You know, I don't have no weapons, man. I'm a pussy, man. I'm just there for the... Fu- I'm just there for, like, fucking Al Green. I'm just here for the good times, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then um, they fucking put my handcuffs on me <clears throat> in the living room. I put on my slippers, and I'm just wearing sweats, and these fools take me all the way to the police station to look at photos. That's and, it, and you don't know you don't know what's going on. I yet. don't know what the fuck's going on, man. So, Just so you, to look at you're photos. thinking of dirt in the past. I'm thinking dirt from the past, man. So I'm thinking quiet. I'm thinking quiet, man. Because one thing I learned, man, is that you gotta know your rights. And the only know thing I know that one you gotta stay quiet, quiet, quiet. You know, so this old man told me a long time ago, man. Hey, hey, homie, it's not it's not um it's not what you did, homie. It's what those fucking pinchy cops can fucking prove, eh? So don't give them no artillery, homie. So I would just stay quiet, man. What pinche mean? Pinche like fucking asshole. Yeah? Yeah, man. I don't know why there was that place in Hollywood called Pinche Tacos. <laughs> in Spanish, it's called fucking tacos. <laughs> so I, didn't, I, I went through. They started showing me photos, right? Photos, photos, photos of people. But I told him, man, I didn't see anything. He goes, what were you doing around this time? I said, I was watching Saturday Night Live. You know, yeah. I even explained what, what episode it was. Really? Because yeah. you were watching Saturday Night Live. I was Live watching Saturday Night yeah. Live. It was on 11.45. Yeah. 
And uh, she didn't even went outside, though. So this piece of shit cop, if you know anything, give me this. He goes, if you know anything, call me. Yeah. And he gave me his card. So then when the fucking pussy-ass cop catches me all PCP'd out, yeah. I bring out that card, and I put it on my forehead. I said, listen, man, you got any problem with me? Call this guy, all right? <laughs> Shut up! Are you fucking... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, man, we're, we're, we're working on something right now, man. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! We're working on something, man. Yeah. It's very important, man, that I need to go home right now because we're going to meet somewhere, man, and we're trying to, we're, we're trying to crack this case right now, man. <laughs> You know, I'm lying to him. Yeah. I'm pretending. I'm pretending that I'm like fucking, like like a CI or something. Yeah. Confidential. You know. Inform. Yeah. Informant. You yeah. know. I give this fucking cop this pill, bro. I'm fucking PCP out of my ass. Yeah. I'm at the point before I get Hulk powers, <laughs> where I could just slam this fool by myself. Yeah. Like in Charles Bronson that movie. Um, yeah. Death Man, Death Wish Two. Yeah. Like that man. So <laughs> right I, before that point. So I give this fool the card. And he's just mad dogging me, man. And he goes, all right, eh? And he just lets me go. I don't want to see you for the rest of the night. Yeah. And I fucking take off, eh? Really? <laughs> God damn it. That's fucking crazy. So then, so then, is that the only time you ever did PCP? I did PCP that time. And I did PCP one time when I, after I finished watch. oh no, I did PCP at the driving theater. <laughs> really? I was watching Terminator 2. Yeah. Which is probably the best movie ever, man. Ever. Yeah. I fucking love Terminator 2, 3, all of them, man. I just just love it, man. I try to do a bit about it, but it never works, you know? Yeah. Because talk about it, man. How Terminator, man, you have to know, man. Terminator, think about it, man. People hate you now in the present, man. They hate you so much. But there's people that are not fucking born that hate you even more, man. Yeah. People that are not even born that don't know shit about you hate you more right now than the, the people that hate you now. <laughs> they're gonna commit a they're gonna fucking commit invent a time machine to go kill you before you're born. <laughs> now if that would happen to me in real life, I would never believe that shit. Nah, man. Yeah. That fucking German dude is coming after me. Yeah, <laughs> fucking run the cop. Oh shit, he just fucking threw a cholo at me. <laughs> nah, man, he ain't after me. That's the homie Larry. He's on PCP, bro. <laughs> Larry the Saint. <laughs> Larry the Saint. <laughs> so wait, how did you how did you end up going to rehab? Oh man, I got into this crazy fight with some guy who had just come out of prison and this guy had just finished doing ten years in prison. And he was like a bully. He was a big big strong dude, five six now. Five seven, but you know, the smaller the motherfucker is, the crazier they want to act. Yeah. So they call me Batman. That's my name. And that's, that's my gang name, I guess. Yeah. They gave me Batman. What's up, Batman? Sometimes, man, I'm at fucking comedy shows, and I need I see people from the, my past that I try to not go no more. Yeah. They, they're at my they're at my show and they yell out, like, "What's up, Batman? <laughs> I'm glad you made it, big dog. I'm fucking proud of you, homie." Really, and I just gotta stay quiet and not, not say shit. Like, that's how, I can't. If I get heckled by that, I get stunned. Like, do they have a gun? Yeah, you know, is there somebody that I write it out? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> is there somebody? Is it, is it a cop? Yeah, that I, that I got in trouble. You know, is it a cop I write it out? You know, that, something like that. Or is the if I is it a guy from my past? Yeah. that remembers me, that, that knows how I look without a beard and long hair. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this long hair and a beard, bro. It's a fucking shield, bro. I'm not trying to. Re- I'm trying to. I'm not trying to look cute. I remember when you were like clean cut. 
I mean, when I started, I had no hair, man. I was yeah. bald. Really? Yeah. Is that how you used to rock your hair back in the day? It was bald. I had like buzz cut, you know, really? like skinhead style hair. Yeah. No, wait. So wait. So you got well, you got in the fight with the guy. And you, how did you end up having to go to rehab? Um, Father Greg Boyle, who today is his birthday. What's today's date? Uh, it's the I don't know. I know. How do I know Father Greg Boyle? He's from the home home the homeboy and the homeboy Ben Preds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Father Greg Boyle, my, this guy after after what happened with with him and I, you know what what happened to him? Yeah. He ended up going to the hospital with because I was on PCP. Wait, well, you you get in a fight with this guy? Long story short, bully. man, this motherfucker was strangling me to death. Yeah. All right. He was like, he already had he already had busted my lip. He already pretty much, man, in an open fight like Mayweather, pocket type of fight. I would have never had a chance with this guy. This guy just was too good. He he um, first it was my fault. He, he um, first of all, he, he he busted my eye, he busted my lip. But wait, where is this? Is this just on the Outside street? Outside in the street. This is right after I see Terminator, bro. Really? I smoke a big PCP, um, PCP um, cigarette, Coos PCP. Yeah. Newport's menthol. The only cigarette you need for PCP really? is menthol. So I'm at that. Um, I'm at the movie theater watching Terminator 2. Um, this is when squeegee bottles had just came out. You were probably in Little League. Remember when squeegee bottles came out? Squeegee bottles. It was like a bottle. Remember those bottles to drink water yeah. that only boxers use with a long straw? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember yeah. when they first came yeah, out? Yeah, And it was a, the biggest thing? Yeah. They were, they, sent them, they had them at AM, PM. Yeah. Just those long 32-ounce drinks with a long straw? Yeah. Well, I had one of those with Long Island Mixer, the ones they sell at the liquor store. Yeah. So I put a, two little cans of Long Island iced tea in there with ice. And I added a little extra gin, you know? Yeah. And then I had an ex- my, my friend made Saco and gin, which is the ghetto drink, by the way. <laughs> really? It's Saco. It's like a ghetto drink, man. Yeah. You ever go to the hood anywhere, man? You're telling them, man, you ever had Saco and gin? Yeah. And they look at you, man, man, shut up. <laughs> you frills. For real, man, you go to, man, you ever do your show, you go somewhere, you see an old black man in his 40s, 50s, yeah. in, in Inglewood, anywhere. Man, you ever had um, Saco and gin? Oh, man. <laughs> and then Saco and Gin is just like this this Gatorade drink, but it's a little boy playing soccer. Yeah. It's like Saco. It's like grape juice and orange juice. And you mix that with Seagram's Gin. Yeah. And that's it. Really? And so I had one of those also in my little bottle. And I was, I was smoking PCP, watching Terminator 2, getting pumped up. I was wearing Terminator. I was wearing, I call them Terminator boots. But I was wearing fucking um, construction black boots yeah. with still toes. The jeans, the white T-shirt. If I had the money, I would have had the leather jacket just to be the Terminator, man. Yeah. <laughs> he loved this movie. So I was dressed just like him, man. I was dressed like a... By the way, um, while these guys were dressed, um, they were dressed like gangsters. Like, they always looked like cholos. Yeah. I never dressed like that. Yeah? I was never dressed like a cholo. I never had, like, the white T-shirt. The khakis? My T-shirt was always dirty. <laughs> you know, I never had khakis that were, re- that were creased. They were yeah. always, my shirt was always baggy. Yeah. I had longer hair. I had long hair. Not yeah. long hair, but it was, like, longer than everybody else's. Yeah. Because I, I was, like, into, like, now I was, not, I was, like, I grew up liking other stuff. Yeah. Because all my friends like heavy metal. So what was I talking about? I forgot. So, 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 you, so you're at the movie theater. You're at the oh, drive-in. Yeah. So I leave the movie theater, and I see this guy who has been, like, messing around with people from my neighborhood, right? Yeah. Because my neighborhood... 
it's like it's like big neighborhood right now. In that neighborhood where I'm at, where he is from, it's small. You know, yeah. everybody's locked up. They haven't been recruiting lo- enough like we have. Yeah, like in our gang, we had eight year olds. We had ten year olds in our gang. Really, we had fourteen year olds. We had guys that were twenty three. We guys had guys that were locked up in prison. They were twenty five, and I'm, and I'm twenty. Yeah, and um, so this guy knows, you know that. I'm a popular guy in the neighborhood. Everybody likes me. Yeah. I'm cool with everybody. You know, I'm nice. Always been cool. But this guy starts pushing me, man. He he really pushes me. Like he shoved me. F- fuck Batman. Like that. Like, fuck you, Batman. Like that. All right, whatever, man. Fuck you, Batman. So then, man, I fucking, he pushes me. And he, he, he like shoves me hard with one fist. Then I swing at him, but I miss, of course. Because I'm PCP. Yeah. I missed, but the momentum of my elbow still fucked this fool up, man. Really? I missed, but I still got in the elbow way because I, I watched this movie with Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, yeah. Somewhere, someone's an angel or angels of heaven. Yeah, yeah. Where he plays a boxer in the neighborhood, right? Yeah, and his best friend's in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> so he's teaching these kids how to box, and he goes, see, sometimes if you miss, you got to open the elbow at the end and extend it. You're going to still hit this guy. So when I was missing, I was falling down, and I still caught him with the elbow. Really? Yeah. But then he caught me with two in the face, busted my lip, fucked my ribs. But then he said, he asked me, man, on the fucking, the, the jaws of death. Yeah. So then it's, it's over, man. I fucking, I don't know what to do, man. I have not, nothing left. I thought I was going to be gone, man. Nobody's helping me. I'm bleeding. So the fucking dude, fuck that, man. I fucking bit half the motherfucker's ear off, man. Holy shit! <laughs> Boy, I don't know how I did it, dog. But let me tell you, man. I think teeth are hard. Eh? Teeth are strong, man. <laughs> yes, they are. Fool, that's I fucking am. He was screaming, man. Then I just turned like Hulk Hogan, you know, like you know how you get pumped up. Yeah. You know? Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> yeah. When the Hulkamania wild is going wild, <laughs> I you know I, I I was on PCP, man. I felt like the energy, man. Like Batman, Batman, really? Batman. And then it was like everything went blank after that. I don't remember what happened after that, but I just know the next day around 7 in the, m- 7 in the morning, I was still walking around with blood all over my shirt. Really? Busted eye. Like, really, like a lot of blood all over my clothes. Like, if the police would have saw me, they, they would have to take me in for questioning. Yeah. Like, yeah. clearly you, you committed some sort of crime. Yeah, it was like... And so then, how did Father Boyle's guess? I would like, I would, I look like OJ before he got in an airplane and took off to Chicago, man, for that golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Father Boyle step in? So this was in the hospital, obviously. Father Greg, people know that this fool wants me dead. You know, I brought tension now between the two gangs. I guess whatever. No, so that's that, but it's all in my head. Yeah. By the way. Now, now everything's in my head. The tension. Okay, man, these two guys are not gonna are not gonna get along. It's all my fault. Um, I should have just let this guy go. I should have just shook his hand. Whatever, right? All these thoughts. Yeah. You know, everything you could have done if you had not been young, dumb. You know, and trying yeah. to prove your tough guy. So this fool says he's gonna kill me, man. He's gonna fucking out of the hospital, man. Fucking broken lip. He he got fucked up too. I don't know what happened to him, man. But yeah. He, well, he after the whatever man. So what happened was, after that happened, they said that I was calling out other guys that that were with him, that kind of person he didn't like too. How about you, motherfucker? 
Oh, after the fight, yeah. they said because you just as soon as you was pumped up, as soon as that you just shut down. You don't remember any yeah. of that. Yeah, I've been there. I've not, I've not, I've never done that. But like, I've definitely gotten to the place where you're so fucking angry, yeah. and you're so like that you that rage overwhelms you. And they said somebody said that um, there was some guy that was not that, that was not even like involved. He goes, damn, bro, I don't know what happened, but I guess you never liked that guy. You just took his belt out. You were whipping him, bro. You were chasing him with a belt. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, so that that shit happened. Like, wow. And I didn't even know about that guy chasing him with a belt. Yeah. I mean, how fucked up is this, man? You're just standing there going, fuck. And then you don't know he's going to fuck. You're just looking around, and then you get whipped in a, with a belt in the face. Holy fuck. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. After all, after everything they told me, I said, "Yeah, man, I would kill that motherfucker too." <laughs> so I'm walking around scared as hell, and um, someone who likes me, I guess, you know, it's how bad it got, Felipe. Man, you better take this. And he gave me a loaded 38. Really? With like a 38 snub nose with hollow points. And he goes, you better take this. And I was like, just some random guy who likes me. Yeah. And like, I didn't know this guy was even a killer or anything like that. He just said, man, you better just take this, man. I, mean, I like you, man. You better just take this. And don't say where you got it from. So I had it for a while. So, man, so now I don't give a fuck. I'm walking around like a badass. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. And, like, people know now, you know, for somehow, you know, if you, you know, watch out for it, me. You know, they know that it's going to get crazy. Yeah. So Father Greg, my mom goes, I guess she wants to go plead with Father Greg Boyle. Because that's the priest from my neighborhood. Yeah. Father Greg Boyle. So then <clears throat> Father Greg Boyle comes to my house. We start talking and, you know, and um, you better slow down. You know, you're, you're crazy. You know, you have two kids somewhere. You're a father. Yeah. And um, he goes, um, he goes, they're going to kill you. And then, um, and I'm thinking to myself, because, you know, I, I don't really want to stop using drugs. I just want to live, you know? Yeah. But I still want to be crazy. I still want to, you know? You still wanted to party. You I just didn't want to yeah, wanna... smoke crack, you know? <laughs> <laughs> by that time, bro, by that time, man, when I had the gun, I was a crackhead too, man. Really? I was a fucking crackhead. Like, I don't know, man. If you were... Comp- I think like if I, there was a, a fucking a fight between who can find more stuff on the carpet between me and the dirt devil, I would win. <laughs> really? I would fucking win. Shut up. Because I used to get so bad on crack, and I run out of crack, and I start looking on the floor, and whatever I see that's white, I think it's crack, and I start picking up my finger and tasting it. Okay, that's not crack. It's just cheese. <laughs> That's how bad it is when you're on crack. Really? You know, when you have no crack, you start thinking that everything on the floor is crack. Styrofoam. You know, that's Shut how people start tweaking, up. you know? Yeah. And you start thinking you have crack in your pockets, and you start looking, and you feel like a tiny little ball. You gently open it, and you go, fuck, it's only lint. <laughs> you know, you get so sad. Yeah. It's so depressing. So you come to my house, and I was going through my depressing time where, fuck it. I was, I was sad, I was crying, and I said, I really didn't want to, I, th- I thought that I could just go for one more, you know, one more. Well, yeah, one more party. My chick, my baby mama had just left me, you know, she was cheating on me for a year and a half with the same guy. Really? So that was heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. And um, when I found out that she was cheating on me, like, it's like, 
Imagine, man, you have a girl with two kids, and then she's going out and fucking somebody else for a year and a half. But you're young, man. You know, you don't. Yeah. You don't see that see that shit coming. And I'm glad, like, I'm glad she told me, like, in a place where there was a big crowd. I swear to God, dude. When I found out, I'm glad. I thank God, if there is a God, that there was a big crowd of people there that knew me and knew her that would stop me from killing her or prevent me from doing something bad. Yeah. Because I was the the bad. The worst thing I did was because she used to wear glasses. I said, "Man, you fucking bitch." I just took her glasses off and I broke them and I gave them back to her. Dude, yeah. that's how naive and lost I was, you know, in drugs. Just at 20 years old, 21, 22 years old. How far I went down from that first joint. And I wouldn't say the joint. It was just my mind, you know, my mind. I have an addiction personality. I'm yeah. depressed, I guess. I'm holding out. I'm shell-shocked you, from the murders I've seen. Yeah, you probably. got all the PTSD. You got your... Chicks cheating on you. You've got you get in this fucking fight with this guy. It's, dude. I can't. I mean, I look at my life and I go like, uh, listening to you, and I go, why did I ever do drugs? Like, <laughs> like I didn't have. I had. I could have should have just gone and played tennis. Like the <laughs> fuck. Like I really like. Sweet, so sweet. So, so how do you? So do you go to rehab, dude? I found out later on at a party. Dude, how crazy I naive was. One time, the guy that she was fucking behind my back showed up to the house to pick them up, and she said that that was her cousin's brother-in-law or her cousin's. She thought that was my cousin. Yeah. So I believed that was her cousin. This is how stupid I was, right? Now, the only thing, the only saving grace I, I, I have about that situation, and I say one of my bits when I remember, yeah. hey, I, I might have put their, her stuff and my kid's stuff in his car. Yeah. But at least when I thought about giving him gas money, I didn't. <laughs> I got cheated on. I got cheated on. I dated a girl for five years, and I went to Europe, went to Russia, and she fucked my best friend. Fuck. Yeah, and, and gave me the clap. Damn. And I came back, I got the clap, and I was like, what the fuck? And I'd only, I'd only slept with like two chicks my whole life. And I was like 22 and I was and I was crushed, man. I was really crushed. I was really genuinely uh, like it changed. But it's the best thing that ever happened to me because had that not happened, I would have never gotten in comedy. So like I look at that and I go, I learned a lot. It fucked me up with women for a long time. But what's the clap uh, when you pisses when when it burns when you piss? Never had that day. <laughs> How you- about when you have a lot of bumps on your penis and it itches? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm talking to you like your first day today. Eh? It burns. Yeah, it burns. All right. No, I never had to clap. And I have a lot of sex when I was selling crack yeah. with, with crackhead whores without condoms. Really? A lot, man. Did you ever get worried you were going to get AIDS? No, man. We didn't. When you're young, man, you don't care about stuff like that, man. Yeah. You, just fear, you don't want nobody to know. Yeah. God damn. So, so wait. So... You're doing crack, PCP, weed, probably drinking, you gotta, and you have to go to rehab. Anything yeah. else? So, man, so I'm, I'm all bummed out about being hurt. I don't give a fuck no more. I'm smoking more crack. My brother just got shot, you know. Really? My brother got shot up, you know, by the police. One of his friends died. So I, I popped two acid tabs the same night just to get old, not to think about it. Just to disappear. Disappear. And yeah. Just, me and my friend would disappear, man. 
But then when we, we it's how fucked up it felt for the whole neighborhood. It felt like nine eleven in my neighborhood. My brother got shot. Really? My brother was a very popular guy, and three guys got shot, and it was bad. So I started smoking crack. You know, I think when my brother got shot, that was the first time I did crack and LSD. Wow, what's that like? What's crack and LSD like? I don't know. Together. <laughs> you see more crack on the floor than not there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm heavily into crack, and um, one night I just got pissed off, and I, and I saw my baby mama, and I took all her gold jewelry that I had given her the year. You know, we, we, we like a lot of gold jewelry when you're selling crack, you know? Yeah. A lot of turquoise rings. Yeah. So I took her jewelry away. I took her necklace. I took her... Um, I took that money she the, the money I had given her, you know, for whatever she needed, two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. I took that away from her and I just disappeared on a crack binge for about I don't know how long. And then the next when I came back out of it, that's when Father Greg told me that I needed help. And I and I gave him whatever weapons I had, whatever paraphernalia drugs I've had. Yeah. I just put them all in a bag and I gave it to him. Then I looked back and I went into rehab. And I entered rehab with a busted eye, um, busted nose, busted face from that, from that fight. Yeah. And I was in rehab for about a year and a half. Year and a half? I, I was there for six months. And then I graduated. Then I went back into the neighborhood. And I got and I saw the same guy, bro, that, that sent to the hospital. Yeah. And he wanted revenge, bro. If I was sober three months for the first time in my life. Right. And I, was, I had a Bible in my hand. My head was completely bald. I looked like a guy who just came out of prison and became a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So it took all my might not to go outside and beat this guy again, which would have been a big mistake now because I would have got jumped by all his homies this time because there was tension now in the neighborhood and they would have probably would have had his back this time. Yeah. So he, he, he walked up to me in front of my mom and my dad. And pushed me and grabbed my Bible I had and threw it far. Really? And I went to go pick up the Bible and I put it back in my hand. And I just like, I just straightened myself out. And I went inside the house gently, quietly. And I went upstairs and I took my shirt off and I grabbed a big ass fucking bat. And I was about to run upstairs and my whole family and my held me back. Really? And I was crying. I, t- I said, you guys are all pussies. Dude, I think we're weak now. You got fucked up. And I said, and then we made me, me and my dad got into this crazy fight. And then, like, he fucking busted my, busted my eye. Really? And I went back to rehab the next day. And I stood there for another six months. Yeah. And then um, I met some Catholic fool named um, Tim. He was from San Fernando, this Irish guy, real nice guy from Boston. Yeah. One of those guys, man, that just wants to love everybody. Yeah. Real cool dude. He come from a family of drinkers, bro. You know, his father used to beat up his mom, you know, fucking eight brothers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> Irish motherfuckers fighting all the time. Yeah. So he told me, man, to write down three things that I wanted to do in my life. And I said, go to it- live happy, go to Italy, and be a comedian. Shut up. Yeah. So I've never been to Italy, but I like pizza. you never been to Italy? No. But I like pizza. And... um <laughs> And I'm happy, and um, I'm a comedian, yeah. Shut up. And so you put down those goals, and then you just accomplish them. Yeah, without even thinking about it. If you were, if you could do a show on Travel Channel, what show would you want to do? I don't know, man. Felipe travels to the hood. Do you want to do an episode of Birth the Conqueror? 
yeah. with me. We'll come. We'll t- I, we're doing one out in L.A. We'll yeah. ride a coaster or maybe bring your kids out or whatever. And do like uh We'll pick up some mariachis in Boyle Heights, bro, to play background music for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell my producers about it. They'll fucking love that. Yeah, it costs 300 bucks to rent these mariachis for about an hour. Yeah. And they'll just sing background music for wherever we go. So wait, so so you started doing stand-up when you were like 23, 24? 23, yeah. 23? 90, 96. Okay. Late 95, early 96. And then and then how long did how long like we, I would I would say probably would you say that like meeting Gabriel was a big change in your career? No, in '96 when I was actually meeting um, meeting um, Gene Pompa, he is one of the fucking greatest guys in the world. Yeah, hey little bear, <laughs> I fucking I, I love met him. Gene Pompa. I met this crazy ass comedian named Willie Barcena. Yeah, that guy's crazy, man. I know. Man. How do I know Willie Barcena? I know Willie Barcena. He is my Jay Moore. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to just put it out in a way that you and I can understand it, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I used to drive this guy around, bro, everywhere, bro. A young comic, bro, drive him around. He would be drunk. I would pick him up, man. I was what? If you ever know what Chief Daryl Gates is? Yeah. I was what Chief Daryl Gates was to Chief Parker. Okay. Chief Parker was a big-time alcoholic. Yeah. And all he did was drive him around, and that's what I did. Okay. Drive comedians around. Willie Parsena, how do I know that guy? He did 11 Tonight Shows. Really? Yeah. So wait, so so you you meet Willie and then you start you start getting some stage time? No, I I um I met him and I met Jim Pompa because Jim Pompa was doing this um he was doing this um he was doing this um he was protesting against NBC. Jim Pompa. Gene is so fucking funny. Yeah, he was. Gene, fu- did you know? Did you know where Gene grew up? Like he grew up. He grew up kind of rough. Like he had a he has a great one of my favorite Gene Pompa stories is his dad calls him up and he says uh, he calls him up one night and he's with his brothers and he goes you're not a fucking man and Gene's like oh, whatever and he's like if you were a fucking man you'll come over and fight us and Gene's like all right so he drives over to his dad brother's his cousin, uncle's house and his dad's sitting out there with a knife and he tried to stab him <laughs> and, and I, Gene's just like it was so but he's like they were too drunk to stab me they couldn't even stab me right Gene Pompa is my one of my favorite I gotta get him on the podcast I love Gene. So he's protesting NBC? Yeah, that's, that's how I met him. He had this, because Jay Leno had just got hired for the Tonight Show, and he had him put up, according to Jim Pompa, he had him put up no people of Latin descent or African Americans on the Tonight Show, I guess. Yeah. So Jim Pompa had a bunch of comedians, black comedians, Latino comedians, and um, some Jewish comics who got our backs, and um, they all protested an NBC lot. Really? Like he had like 15, 25 people. Johnny Sanchez, myself, Debbie Gutierrez, Rudy Moreno, Willie Barcena, a bunch of other Latino comics that I can't remember. Jim Pompa, his wife, uh, maybe um, Warren Hutchinson, I think. I think I met him there. Really? And a lot of comics, Sully McCullough maybe. Yeah. And um, some other comic who's an actor now. And he had everybody wear masks. So we're all wearing masks. Like, we're wearing, like, Groucho, Groucho Mark masks with cigars. Yeah. We're comedians. Yeah. Because he wanted to look like it's a... We have signs, too. NBC. No blacks. No Chicano signs. Yeah. No no, no whatever. He has signs, bro. Yeah. He even had the... He had the... the I don't know what con, what console it is that protects a protest like that, that, that for rights, human yeah. rights, the Human League or... 
Human League, that's a band. <laughs> ACLU, a just known by abbreviations. Yeah. So there was an actual guy there, a politician guy there who, who had our back. And I think um, Jay Leno had told Jim Pompa, hey, man, you better calm down with that protest or something. You know, if that's word on the streets. I think he's banned from NBC for that. So that's why I met Jim Pompa, and then Jim Pompa told this woman named Pat Buckles. I know Pat Buckles. Who was the manager of the improv. Yeah, she used to, she used to work for Comedy Central, too. Yeah, she was a talent coordinator of some new show coming out, the Latino Laugh Festival, yeah, 1996, live from San Antonio. And I auditioned for that because Jim Pompa recommended me to her, and she loved me. Yeah. she was Before I met her, I didn't know what a set list was. Pat Buckles was the first woman, first ever person, to tell me what a set list was. Really? I never had a set list, and I still have it. I, I She wrote it down in one of the... One of the um, one of those Laugh Factory cards where you talk when you talk about how good the comedian was. Yeah. And she just put my set list, recycling, Mexican, whatever. She wrote it down. Really? That was my seven-minute set. So I kept practicing a seven-minute set, seven-minute set. And I auditioned. And a lot of the comedians that I auditioned with, who I grew up with, who I... I've been doing comedy a year and a half. But, I, you know, when I guess I've always been a good student. So you tell me to focus on something that's going to help me. I would do it. So yeah. even though I didn't graduate from high school, I still know how to study. Yeah. So I went over the seven minutes, back and forth, back and forth. I memorized it, and I auditioned. I got in. They weren't sure enough to, to me, for, for me. Who is this guy? So then Pat Buckles fought for me again. And then they had this big audition, open audition for everybody to show up. So I showed up. I, spent, I stood in line for like six hours with a bunch of comedians. And I got in, and I got to show and it was in 1996. I was on a Showtime. I met Paul Rodriguez for the first time. I met comedians that I grew up watching on, on um, even at the Improv. I met John Mendoza. Yeah. I met Greg Giraldo. Young, yeah. He had, his show had just um, got um, turned off. Yeah. On um, Boston Common. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one he had with uh, where he was the teacher. Yeah, that show. Or, yeah. Just, his show was about to be hot. Or lawyer, lawyer. I'm sorry, lawyer. Yeah. yeah. His show just got canceled. I think. I met him. I met Cheech. Yeah, so I met a lot of great comics, you know, Freddie Soto, Brian Holtzman. Freddie Soto is the one person I always wish I had met. Everyone always has amazing Freddie Soto stories. Al Madrigal always tells me how great Freddie Soto was. So I met him, man. That's funny. We used to call Freddie Soto behind his back the rock and roll pig. The rock and roll pig? Why? Because he, he used to wear the leather jacket all the time, and he was yeah. chubby. <laughs> he kind of looked like, you know, Will Parisi? No. You know, you know how Italians look with a fucking when how Italians, Elvis personators always look. They're like kind of goombas, but they're like Elvis Presley. Yeah, looking. yeah, yeah. So he looked like that when he was chubby. <laughs> the and rock my and friend, roll pig, Rodrigo Torres, who's like the, my co-host on my What's Up Food podcast. He called, "Hey, what's up with a rock and roll pig?" <laughs> and one time when he, we were drunk, we were fucking drunk. I say, "Hey, bro, that guy calls you rock and roll pig." <laughs> he goes, "Oh, that's cool, brother. That's cool, man. That's fucking funny." <laughs> And when Al Major got the wake, he said that fucking um, Alfredo Soto had a nickname for everybody. I, I was going to yell out, we had a nickname for him too, man, Rock and Roll Pig. <laughs> Is there a difference between like, uh, like, like when, when you, like when you came in, did you feel like you were, like, like I'll put it like this with like black comics. Like you get guys that are like black comics that are, you know, that are, are black and do stand up. And then you get guys that grew up very different. 
Like I've heard this dude, like, and they have real life experiences, which is the black experience. And you're like, oh, that's what I want to hear fucking more of. Like, there's a difference. I'm not. I'm not saying like yeah. I'm not shitting on either of these guys, but there's a difference between Dave Chappelle and Mike Epps. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle grew up, you know, he definitely is black, and he's had had the struggle and everything. But like Mike Epps, I think from you know partying with Mike Epps in New York, like he had some fucking real like I know, you know, you believe it, huh? Uh, yeah, so yeah, like you believe it. You go, like when he talks about something, you go, fuck yeah. There's this dude, Ali Sadiq, that I've heard. Have you ever heard of him? Ali Sadiq, he works with Bill Bellamy, you know? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I, I just saw him at uh, on Ari's thing, on Ari's Storyteller's thing. And his fuck, he was, he told a story about going to prison. And it was like, you were like, okay, this is a real story. Like, dude, this guy isn't making it up. Like, this, his, his experience is authentic. Like you feel like you got that, but you feel I feel like you also sought out people like that to work with. Yeah, like I will see like like I, I, I like Dave Chappelle, but then I saw this one black comedian because I used to have a Def Jam tape. Yeah, and I used to always watch it. Right, it was the best of Def Jam, and I used to bring girls over for sex after comedy shows. And you, you say you want to watch something funny. And now, what, one of your tape? No, 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 something really funny. Yeah. And I, I, I let him play, and I, my favorite comedian was Corey Holcomb. Corey Holcomb's a real motherfucker. Fuck yeah, man. He's a real motherfucker. Yeah. You his Twitter feed? Yeah. Dude, he is a real motherfucker. Like, his opening line, man, was like, man, you were a fuck, man, you were a fuck the chick with, you were a fuck the fat chick with normal skinny legs. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's Dan Godfrey used to tell me how funny he is, and I was always like, and, and I I never like it was because of the last like cause you know, I'm sure you know but like the last comic standing like it, it's it's good and it's bad it gets you out there but then a bunch of comics kind of go oh he's just did last comic standing and like and part of me was like that was a deal with like Corey I was like they don't they didn't never got showed Corey. They never showed who Corey was on Last Comic Standing. No. He just was the Last Comic Standing comic who had to do like pretty watered down material yeah. so he could be in the show. And so that's what I saw. And Dan Goffrey's like, you do not know who you're talking about. He's fucking hilarious. He's like, he's my favorite comic. And yeah. I was, and I, and then um, finally one day I was like, all right, fuck it. I got to watch some of his shit. Watch some of his shit. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is real as fuck. Like, and then I followed him on Twitter and it, I was like, I was, I, I, I was fucking blown away. <laughs> he's a legit dude like he's a real he just lived a real life you know there's a difference i'm not i'm not by the way i'm not shitting on Chappelle, but like dimitri martin is very funny yeah and he lived a life but you don't really get to know anything about that tosh has lived a very interesting life but you don't get to know anything about that through a stand-up you know and then when you see guys that have lived fucking real like real lives you're like motherfucker yeah when i see like the great comics the ones you mentioned those guys i always feel like there's still more of this motherfucker he hasn't unleashed. Yeah. I want to see the evil side of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. I want to see the evil side of Dimitri Marchi. I want to see what really fucks with him. I want to see. I want, I I want, want to, to draw some fucked up picture of somebody he don't like. Yeah. I want to see. a 10 minute bit. I want Tosh <laughs> to fucking talk about his life. Because, you know, Tosh's life is fucking fascinating. I want to see Dan Cook unleash about his fucking brother, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I think that's what it is. You're watching something that's a little, like, I think sometimes I feel controlled, you know? And you and you go, I want to see it fucking, I want to see it untap. I want to see it unravel. Yeah, like, I, I would, that's what I so I got through that thing, man. I got through that show and. Yeah. 96. And then, and then you just started, like, working in the clubs or did you start working the road? No, man, the guy who did that show was Jeff Valdez. He was from Colorado. 
Um, that guy, he was the one that um, did that show. He was the producer, the guy with the money. Yeah. So every year from that point on, he kept doing a show, and I kept being on it. Yeah. So I, every year I had like an after gig. That show was after, you know, so that was a union show, so I got money. Every time I aired on Showtime, I got money. Yeah. So he did um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Every year he, for six years, he did episodes, so I, was, I got a TV credit for the next six years. Oh, that's great. On Showtime or, or any other channel he was on. And then I got on this other Latin show called Que Locos, yeah, which was like the big hit on Telemundo. Did they do that? Did they do that at the Ice House? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was I forget. I, I remember. The, I remember when Que Locos was happening. Tommy Rivera did it. Yeah. Shut up. So then you do all that, and then and we go on tour. You went on tour for Que Locos. I met Gabriel when we were on Que Locos. Really? Yeah. I saw Gabriel the first time I saw him was at uh, at um, Premium Blend. He was doing warm up. Yeah, premium blend. Yeah, but I think he was doing warm up and he was shooting a half hour. I think he was warming up for his half hour, and so I went up to him and I'm doing premium blend. I'm assuming he's just crowd warm up, and I just went up. I was like, "Dude, you're really funny. You got to stick with this." And he was like, "Very nice." He was like, "Thank you." <laughs> he just was like, "Yeah, yeah." He's pretty funny. He was cool. I went with him when he did his half hour special, his first half hour special. Yeah, it was in New York. It was cool, man. I was drinking at the time. I got fucked up the whole week. But it was funny. He gave me a guest spot on his half-hour special. Really? So before he went up on stage and did his half-hour, I did um, like a seven-minute set before the 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 um, the the, the warm-up act. I forgot his name. Was a very funny guy. Yeah. Ron Sheridan. I don't know his name. But he's a New York comic. Funny yeah. guy. So, yeah, man. So the warm-up said, um, Felipe, I'm going to give you five minutes. I'm going to give you six minutes. All right. All right. Yeah. So... So the woman goes, oh, very funny guy. Give it up for Felipe Sparza. So I go up there. I do my set. It's like seven minutes. Killer. Seven minutes, you know. Can't fail with seven minutes. Yeah. Big old audience. Sold out crowd. So then um, it gets quiet. And then Gary Gillespie does his half hour special and kills it. And it was my friend Felipe. And they already knew my voice because oh. we had it planned out. Oh, shit. That's so fucking interesting. So when he'd say, my friend Felipe, you were already been on stage. Yeah, so they already, the audience already knew who I was because they had saw me. And you had killed. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. And then smoking mirrors, Rasa. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you just, and then you just start working with I him? Started working him? all the time with him. Um, he went on to um, work a lot. You know, he, he got a lot of shows. He started selling out right away. And I was working for him every week. Yeah? That's got to be great. Yeah, man. And at the time you had two, just two kids? Yeah, just, I had just two kids. No, how three. many do you have I had now? Three already. Three. You got three. Yeah. And your oldest is how old? Uh, he was born in '87. I don't know. He's old, man. We lost track of time. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Do you still talk to him? No. <laughs> Where is he? I haven't seen them. I, I didn't get to see my meet my kids after the mom left with the, with the guy. You know, yeah. I went to rehab. I stood there for a year, so a year passed, and then um, their their life continued. Um, they moved on, had lives, and um, it was very sad. I never saw them again. And two years later, they're having um, a baptism. You know, they're having a baptism. And um, Father Greg Boyle goes, hey, man, they're baptizing your daughter. I'm baptizing your daughter at um, 1 o'clock on Saturday. I think you should just stop by and say hello. And I'm thinking, stop by and say hello. I'm going to go over there and fuck up that baptism. I'm going to fuck somebody up. I'm going to fucking choke this guy in a fucking say holy hello, water. Say hello. Say hello. 
my ass. I'm walking in like fucking Scarface. Say hello to the bad guy. Hello, um, the real dad's here, motherfucker. I was just in rehab, getting better. So, so you said, so you did, did you go? I went. Yeah. And it was sad, man. It was so sad because my kids didn't recognize me no more. Really? Like my son passed by me. He didn't know who I was. Really? It was so sad. It was so depressing, man. So then, so so you haven't kept in touch with those two and, kids? Um, they didn't, like, even when you got, like, because like, you are you kind of are, like, fucking probably one of the top, arguably one of the top working comics right now. Thank you. Easily one of the, easily one of the more recognizable ones. Thank you. Like, and you're one of the more interesting ones. You're the coolest, you're the coolest guy to come to a city after. Because they got great stories about you. Well, so fool they tell you, huh? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, and it's always the cool people that work there that like you. Like, I remember I was in, uh, I want to say I was in Cincinnati, right after you were in Cincinnati. And they were taught, I mean, I talked about this before, but I'm not going to say names. They were bragging, the management was bragging about this one comic that sold out every show. And then, uh, and they were like doing it in front of me. And it was like making me feel bad. And I was yeah. like, and they were just like, and I didn't have like great numbers. I was like, whatever. And uh, and then they they left, and the fucking kitchen guy was like, "No, nah, man, fuck that." He's like, "You like Felipe?" And I went, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, you guys are fucking real. You guys are funny." He goes, "That fucking guy." And then he made. I'm not gonna take the guy's joke. I'll tell you it is off air. But he's like, he started making fun of that guy's act. He goes, "It's bullshit. It's all fucking impressions." And he just did this. He destroyed this guy. And he goes, "I don't. No one wants to see that shit." He goes, and "Those guys." And this is a guy who works in the kitchen. He goes, "Those guys won't be back next year to watch him. He'll. He better have something else. He better get on another show." That was and a funny bone, huh? Yeah, funny bone in, in Cincinnati, right on the river. Good times. You. I, I want to say you had come in and done a Tuesday night. Yeah, and and I had been or Wednesday night, and I was there Thursday, and and the guy had been there the week before. Yeah, and so, uh, but I was like, I was like, fuck, and then like then I, I got in trouble for fucking up the condo, and then they, they compared me to you again. They go, the only person that's fucked this condo up worse is Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucked up a condo in Houston and San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I thought I was gonna get a bonus. <laughs> So so wait what um so then um when you started you I guess you had to like leave Gabe, Gabe to do Last Comic Standing and kind of tour on your own that's got to yeah, be that hard what happened was um I started getting more fucked up you know more fucked up um right after um oh I I, I didn't yeah I I think I ran into my I saw my kids again my daughter called me out of nowhere out of the blue yeah. Right, and she's like, hey, this is um such and such. I'm your daughter. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So then we started talking, and I got to know her, you know, for a little while, briefly, in 2000-something. We had a little relationship, but then like, we stopped talking, and um, I started getting, I started, I started, I started turning into a diva during Gabriel Iglesias shows, you know? Really? He was a nice guy, you know? He took care of me, you know? He paid me well, but, um, you know, like, um, after a while, man, you start asking yourself, you know, man, am I gonna do I? Because he's, he, you know, you, you want more money, you know, because you feel like you're more, you're funnier than the rest of the guys. Yeah, you know, you, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like welfare where everybody gets the same, you know. Yeah, it should be like, okay, this guy sucks. He should serve. He, he deserves five hundred bucks less than you. This guy other sucks. He deserves two hundred bucks less than that guy. Yeah, and so on. So it should be a, like a level, you know. So I started asking for more money. 
I I asked for it. Like, can I just have $25 more? Yeah. $5 more. Yeah. You know? So I started complaining, you know, bitching, you know? Um, like we, would do, we would do shows in Cleveland, improv, and the show will be packed as fuck. And he'll tell me to do 30 minutes. I said, all right. Yeah. I'll do 30 minutes. Killer 30 minutes. They're liking me. And then he goes up on stage, does whatever, you know, more of me. Yeah. You know, my friend Felipe. And then um, we'll go to places where the crowd was predominantly 100% Latino. You know, yeah. like San Jose, Dallas, you know, um, whatever. Oh, you only do six minutes. You only do 10 minutes. Really? 10 minutes. But I was doing cle- I was doing fucking 30 minutes of fun- killing in front of all these fucking rednecks and shit. Yeah. You fucking good at probably six minutes to- right here. So fuck that, dude. I will go over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I started doing being an asshole. Then finally, you know, we got we just we thought we got a, we got into a fallout. Yeah. And I said, fuck that, fuck this. They gave me um my my best friend, um who who works with Gabriel personal assistant. He gave me like a severance pay to leave, so I just walked away, and that was that. Really? Do you talk to Gabe at all? No. Really? We all we talking to each other, but no, we're, we're not like buddies. You know, yeah. we're not like. I'm sure he doesn't wish death on me, and I don't yeah. wish death on him. You know, we, we were just like the Beatles. We were just growing out of each other. Yeah. You know, I wanted to go this way. You know, and um, leaving was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, After yeah. After that, I struggled for the fourth four years, but I found myself, you know. Yeah. I started being more of an honest comedian on stage. Yeah. You know, he went on, and he, he, went, he got more success. Everything worked out for everybody. Yeah, it did. And he gave me the best advice ever on after winning last comic standing. He said, you know what? Just disappear out of Dodge when you're in town. He goes, don't go to your normal place that you used to go to. Because, you know, you might, get, you might start getting more fucked up over there. Or, what know. do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like, like, what was it when you're in he L.A.? T- he told me that not to do shows, little shows in L.A. where people are going to use my name to sell tickets. You know, like. Yeah. Like there's Latino shows all over LA. Latino shows at the Ice House. The guy who does a Latino show at the Ice House every Wednesday, you know, hey man, you do my show. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my show, but you can't promote me. Yeah, but if you promote me, I want half of the door. Well, I can't do that. Well, don't promote me. Yeah, so they, they want to promote me and sell out all the tickets and promote Gabriel and sell out all the tickets and not give us a dime. And this yeah. guy only pays thirty bucks. Yeah, right. Fuck that. I'm sorry, man. I grew as a comedian. You didn't grow as a fucking promoter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's well, interesting. Just because I fucking moved up as a comedian, you should have moved up with me. Yeah. You should start raising the prices. You should start getting enough Twitter. Do something, you yeah. know? I'm moving up. I have a social network. Where's your social network? That's crazy. So so, so, so uh, after Last Comic Standing, was it just night and day? Night and day, man. Now, what about partying this whole time? Because you go to rehab. When was the first time you drank again after rehab? Oh, fuck, man. I would say shit. I started smoking weed again in 2000, 2001. 2001. So I was sober 11, 12 years. Yeah. Sober. Bam. Sober. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, you know. And then um, one night, I forgot what night it was. Um, I just went one day to, the, to Vaughn's. And I bought a bunch of um, white Russian mixers. Yeah. I was watching Big Lebowski. And I said, fuck, I never had a white Russian. 
I turned into the dude for the next three years, bro. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the greatest. For the same scene, bro. I'll be at Ralph's in Silver Lake. Yeah. Went with my fucking sweats and mixed match sandals. <laughs> buying fucking um, low and brow, bro. I could afford yeah. a 12-pack to go do more drugs in my friend's house. And were you just were you just smoking pot or? No, I was doing... I was smoking. I went back to smoking crack. Really hardcore, the right way. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, what did you did you get off it or, like, what happened? I was smoking crack after every show I did. Really? Yeah. Like, if I made a hundred dollars, I would go straight to the dope man. You really? Know? But I felt like, you know, I, I don't know if you feel this as a drug addict, like. When you want to do drugs, when you get the urge to do drugs, you think about that time when you wasted a bunch of coke doing it the wrong way, or, or you fucking didn't do, an, you didn't drink the right amount of alcohol. I don't know if you did do coke, but no. when you think back of the cocaine you could have done, yeah. oh fuck, hey, I remember I was smoking crack the wrong way. I should have used fucking copper wire, not the regular wire. <laughs> I should have used a glass pipe, not aluminum foil. <laughs> You know? Yeah. I should have got me a wire to fucking scrape the crack out of the pipe because there was extra crack in there. <laughs> so I didn't know those things the first time I smoked crack. But then I started smoking crack with professionals, bro, fools that knew what's up. Really? And so then and so then, how long did you do that for? I would say off and on two years, two and a half strong years, yeah. man. I did crack when I was in Montreal at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Really? In 2004 or five. Holy shit. What? That's fucking... And did anyone know? No. No one knew. It was crazy, dude. Like, I got I got really drunk at this party. I was in a, I was in a hotel room getting fucked up with Jasper Red, name dropping. Yeah. There's a comedian that was there. Yeah. There were young comedians of that time, 2005. Natasha Leggero, Jasper Red, um... This other fool I forgot that opened up for Louis C.K., this Jewish comedian. Uh, Louis Katz? Louis Katz. Yeah. And uh, we're, and um, we're getting fucked up right there, man. And I remember I threw up, and, and um, Natasha gave me a bucket to throw up on. Yeah. I threw up a lot. Then I disappeared from that party. And I and I knew, man, like, it's funny when you, you go, you, I go for walks, and I say, okay, that house, that's crack. If, I ever, if something happens, I'll be there tomorrow. So yeah. I went back to that house. Where I knew they sold crack for some reason. When I was sober, I knocked yeah. and I bought like some sixty dollars worth of crack, and I went to go smoke it on the side with somebody who didn't have crack. I said, "You have a piece, you have a piece, homie." And he goes, "This fucking dude sitting in a Canadian accent. Yeah, I have, piece. I have a piece." So him and I went to the alley and are you serious? We smoked my crack on his pipe and I went back. I stood there till fucking seven in the morning. Really? And then I had a showcase, the, the young comedian showcase. Like in what eight hours? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! So what did you stay up? Yeah, really I stayed up, man. And I just um, the crack kept me up, and I took a nice little cat, cat nap, cleaned up my face, had a killer old young comedian set, got a little write up. Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, God. And the next day, went back to look for my homie. Yeah, but this time I had to buy it from him because he had some now, and it was more expensive. But yeah. Really? The last night of the Montreal Comedy Festival, we had this big party, man. And there were these Canadians, fool. They were rolling up lines at that club 
So you know me, man. I went over there like bumpy wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a little slut. Hold my hair. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy rolled up a line, and then he with a cigarette, and he rolled up the the cigarette on the on the cocaine. Yeah. And I was like sitting in the back going, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. You know, I was like getting upset, you know, not my cocaine. But I was going, what the fucking what waste. What a waste. We're going to smoke this Cocoa Puff and that's it? <laughs> so I stood with them. I didn't even know these guys, okay? They were Spanish and Canadian, I guess, and French. Yeah. I didn't even know these guys, these, these girls. You know, but there was another comedian that I knew that was there who did coke. And I said, come over here, bro. He's over here wasting it over here. So him and I, we did a couple of bumps with these strangers at the bar. Then they got morning came, and I ended up going to their loft. I didn't even know them. Yeah. I didn't say one word with them, just nodding. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more, one more, <laughs> yeah. one more. I'll take. <laughs> I bought beer, you know, and then I just did bumps with them, and I went back to my room. Yeah. And the next, when I went, when I, when I landed from the hotel to the, I went back to the crack house and ruined my, then disappeared and stood away for six days. Seriously? Holy shit. My phone was ringing off the hook. Pat Buck was going crazy. Felipe was not returning my phone calls. I, have an, I had an audition for Nacho Libre. Really? <laughs> <laughs> audition for Nacho Libre for one of the priests. Yeah. And I remember I went there to audition, and I never forget how the guy read the part. And I said, fuck, I should have read it like that. I had diarrhea at the time. <laughs> like, the, the part was, I haven't taken a shit since Easter. Yeah. And the guy read the line was, I haven't taken a shit since Easter's. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, was, and I had diarrhea at the time. I should have just said it with, man, I got to take a shit since Easter's. Yeah. <laughs> So then, so then, so then, like, what was uh, what was what was the turning turning moment in the after that? Like, you just oh, in two thousand nine, um, I I did a move. So I did a like a, this independent movie with Nick Torturo. He was a star and Joey Coco Diaz, Paul yeah. Rodriguez, and the guy in the movie, <clears throat> he he liked me. I, I give everybody my album, my bootleg album, yeah. and um. The producer, the the guy with all the cash, he said, you want to do a movie with your, your stand-up comedy? And I said, of course, everybody does. Who does it? That's the comedian's dream. Yeah. Somebody turn your whole stand-up back into a live movie. So he said, all right. So then um, I ignored his ass. You know, I never returned his phone calls. It's funny. Somebody asked me, a promoter asked me one time, how do you know if a comedian's funny? Simple, bro. You ask that guy to send you a package and a bio, 8x10 DVD and all that. And if that shit is there the next day, that comedian fucking sucks. Don't even open it. Throw it away. <laughs> he fucking sucks. Yeah, that's the truth. Go, no, you got to fucking get a hold of him or confront him. If you can't get a hold of him, that's the one to break. He's funny, bro. <laughs> yeah. Good comments. Don't got time for no fucking publishing bullshit, man. No. I got no fax machine like Hannibal Burris says. <laughs> <laughs> So then after that, you just decided that you were going to clean up? Yeah, man. Yeah? Yeah, I started cleaning up, man. And um, in 2009, we had the meeting in 2008 in December, and he gives me money, man. He gives me a fat check for the, to do a movie with my DVD, with yeah. my album. An album I just made at the Ice House, 33 minutes. Yeah. 
Gabriel was doing a one-hour special, one-hour album, and I did my, and I did 33 minutes after his show. After he did one hour, I went back on stage and I recorded 30 minutes after him. Really, my comedy album. Holy shit! Yeah, so that's my, that was my first album. Some people still have that album. I used to promote the album like this because I had no cover. I was burning them before the show. Yeah, I just showed up with ten, make a quick hundred. Yeah, I just make ten C ten CDs every day before I went up on stage. And I try to get rid of them. If it's out 10, that's 100 bucks. Yeah. I mean, 100 bucks. Oh, I mean, 700 bucks this week. That's fucking great. I would do a, I would do a guest set and be all saying, man, you like my comedy, bro? I got $10, bro. Just buy it. <laughs> and I would tell the audience, some of these CDs have been known not to work on some CD players. <laughs> <clears throat> but I swear to God, if you see me again, I would just give you another CD. Try it on a computer. <laughs> Try it on a computer. If you play and if you if you play it backwards, you can hear Gabriel's one hour, you know, or whatever. So I was saw that some people are proud to have that CD. Yeah, I bet. So that we did the movie, man. This guy hired a a, a director named Christian Sesma. This guy out of Palm Springs who 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 has worked with that director, that yeah. producer before. This guy's a young guy. He transformed. He hired him to direct and to transform my comedy album. Into a one-hour movie. Really? So he wrote it, and he got like one. He wrote like eighty minutes. That's all he got. Like the first, and then we came. I came in, and we rewrote. I re- we wrote other scenes for yeah. the sh- for the movie, and I got I got a plug. You know, story by Felipe Esparza. Yeah. The movie is called "I'm Not Like That No More," and we did it. We shot it in nine days. The movie went straight to Netflix. No, the movie went straight to iTunes. We had a premiere. I text Paul Rodriguez. Hey, Paul Rodriguez, you want to be my father in this movie? Fuck yeah. He became my father. Shut up. And the movie, we, we shot the movie, and the movie is totally all my bits. Um, my father, the ex-wrestler. Um, um, my brother comes out of the closet during the movie. He's fucking gay. Yeah. He had a boyfriend in the movie. I lost my job. during. It was like a Mexican Friday. Really? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. And the movie, you can't find the movie anywhere. It's not in print. Hopefully one day I'll buy the rights and rewrite it and reshoot it again. Yeah, that's fucking great. And we'll release it. But I got a movie, man. That's fucking amazing. It happened to you, right? Somebody took a mo- your yeah. life and made yeah, a, but I a didn't, movie. I didn't have anything to do with it. But then you get shit? I didn't get shit. Yeah, man. I got my cash. Yeah. <laughs> you get nothing. What would that no. feel like, bro? Uh... It's weird when it when it happened. I I thought that I didn't know, but my wife told me that you you were, there was an article back then when all the when it, they show all the party high colleges. Yeah, I do. I did read that article, but I didn't know that was you all this time. Really? Because now when I used to watch your show, Bert Kreischer. Yeah. And I was said, oh shit! And I knew that I knew who you were when I would watch your show. And I said, this guy, this guy, man. Yeah. I would tell somebody, I know this guy. Yeah. Then when I saw your show. And I said, all right. I said, that's Bert, the destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's crazy, man. Yeah, the uh, Rolling Stone wrote that article about me. And then Oliver Stone, I'm sure I my life. I think it's the thing that gave me confidence to, to try stand up for the first time. How come he didn't buy the story? Because uh, it was a free option. Because he could, didn't need to. Because I was some college kid. He's like, hey, we're going to try to make a movie about you. Is that cool? I was like, yeah. If, if he had said, you know, hey, we want to do this and it's, uh, you know, 
hundred thousand dollars, I would have been like, oh yeah, of course. But he could have said it for free, and I would have been like, oh, okay. And like I didn't, I had an agent, got an agent, and the agent's like, listen, it's better than nothing. You get an opportunity, maybe you get a part in the movie, maybe you know, you can, maybe you can try to write it, write summit. He's like, you'll learn. It's a good step into the business. So I was like, okay. So he does that. I try stand up. I move to New York, start doing stand up, and then I just thought it was just gonna die. I just and I was like. I thought it died. Well, it did die. It died, died with Oliver Stone. And then <laughs> and then uh, my agent called me one day. It was like my agent and both my managers were on the phone. And they were like, uh, hey, that movie about the Oliver Stone that's coming out. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, it's Van Wilder. And I went, What's that? what is that? And they were like, Ryan Reynolds. I knew Ryan Reynolds was. And they were like, you know, we want to we wanna sue. Barry Katz, best advice. Uh, by the way, best advice I've ever got. Oh, your manager at the time, yeah. Me too. Barry, right now? No, no, right now. Back then, yeah. Barry Katz gave me the best advice ever. He said, uh, "Bob, well, there's two types of people in this business: people who work and people who sue." I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't think I've talked about this. I don't know if I have or I haven't. But I just, I just was like, you know what? He's right. I was already working. What do I want to sue for? You know, I, I, I believed that I was trying to get past the Rolling Stone thing and just be this, like, be a good comic. I wanted to be a really good comic. I wanted people to like me for my comedy and not even know that that was about me. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Kept working. Cut to like a month ago. I get a fucking general meeting. I go in and they're like, uh, it's like at this art gallery. And the guys are, they're like, hey, they have my book out there. And they're like, they're big fans. And I was like, oh, thanks. And they're like, do you know what we do? And like, no, my manager, Judy uh, Brown was next to me. She goes, "Uh, they... Why don't you tell them what you guys have done? They're like, we produced the movie Van Wilder. And I went, shut up. Now I look at that moment and I go, and they were cool as fuck. They were cool as fuck. And and quite honestly, I didn't write the script. Some other guy wrote the script. I had nothing to do with them writing it. He wrote it on his own thing. It was just based on the idea that someone wanted to see a party animal and a journalist get together. That's it. That's the only premise that you could draw a connection in between that movie and my life at all. This guy wrote his own fucking movie. I had nothing to do with that. He deserves entire credit for people liking that movie. I have nothing to fucking do with that. But... You know, you theoretically, you could, you could, I could have sued, and I would have never had this great opportunity that I have now to make a sitcom with these very successful producers, and possibly do another movie about my life, about the machine, the time I robbed the train in Russia, and so, like, and so it was the greatest moment, and I thought, well, that left that meeting, and I went, man, I am fucking so grateful that I didn't, that I just like was like, you know what. I hope I hope it does well. I hope I meet them sometime because they're cool as fuck and they know what the fuck they're talking about. I sat down with these guys and they broke me off on like how my voice should be in a sitcom. And I went, I don't think anyone's ever told me that. I was fucking floored. And I was like, I left that meeting. I go, I want to work with these motherfuckers. I, I don't give a fuck. I'll write my own script. I'll write 10 scripts for them. If they can get me a writer, great. But like they were fucking, I liked them a lot. I liked them a whole lot. And so, yeah, but that's my story. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have any money about it, but. I don't know. I, you, I, you might be the most fascinating person I've ever talked to on a Thank podcast. You. I'm not even fucking around. I, this whole time, I've been doing two things. I've been listening, and I've been looking to make sure it's recording, because I keep saying, this is the best podcast I've ever done. Oh, thank you. This is, you're, like, <clears throat> you're like Joey. Like, you guys have real... That's right, cocksuckers. <laughs> I'm just like Joey Coco deals right here, but, and, then, and then about the hee-hees and the ha ha <laughs> <laughs> It's just, but like, it's, it's funny because... In seeing you that first time that I ever saw you do stand-up, I was, like, fascinated. I was like, God, man, he's, his voice is very original. Like, your voice was very distinct. And the but thing, it was funny, huh? Fucking <laughs> hilarious. And I remember thinking, you can't 
right like the it was the nuance like there's nuance in a in a joke that makes me go that guy is fucking that guy is fascinating <laughs> i forget what yours was that night I'll, I'll give you an example mike young had a rough life you know mike young Can yeah you, mike young he had a rough life in detroit i grew up rough you know his dad died when he was young and he had i think he inherited a copper business and but like he told this one story about like you remember how that fucked up kid He's like the fucked up kid where everyone's you'd all be like looking to do something crazy and he takes the next level. You guys, hey guys, let's go TP Brenda's house and his and then your friends like fuck it, let's kidnap her dad and you're like and you're like okay, that's a real story. Like that's that's like (laughs) it comes from a real place, but like it's that those little things where you know the person's telling the truth and you go, this is the truth. Like Richard Pryor, we're like when I was two kids, you had to have ringworm and be able to fuck a dog. You're like what? (laughs) Like it's that real shit. I'm so glad I fucking met you, man. I'm so glad. You still smoke pot? Yeah. Uh, you uh, you were telling me, what's the name? Got dabbed out. Fred Stoller. Yeah, I got dabbed out. <laughs> I, I ran into I ran into Felipe at uh, the airport. And you were so it was so funny because, you know, you greeted me the same way I would greet anyone. Like, you know, and I didn't expect that. I, I You were just like, you were like, hey, fool. And I was like, I came over and had a beer with you guys. I think I was the only one drinking. Yeah. And you were like, he got dabbed out last night. <laughs> And Fred Stoller does, or does not look like a guy who gets dabbed out. It's not that, I don't know what's happened, man. Yeah, you got Fred Stoller. Got, it, it's crazy. Like, we were taking photos outside. You know, the fans want to take photos. Yeah. And um, Fred Stoller's dabbed out, right? And he's trying to, like, relax, get his composure together to take photos. Yeah. And this crazy Mexican guy, uh, you know, like a crazy fan, you know, crazy guy, cholo-looking guy, bald yeah. head. He's knocking at the green room door. Fuck him out, fucking Seinfeld, fucking Seinfeld. You know, you gotta take fucking photos, homie. What the fuck you doing, homie? How does Fred's act go over with your fans? They they, they like him because they know him all the shows. Yeah, yeah. So there's people yelling out, "Anybody see me anything?" And then there's some gangster running out, "Get off the phone, homie! Get off the phone, homie!" <laughs> now, do you still drink at all? No, not at all. No, not at I all. Haven't drank since 2009. Really? Since we, since we shot that movie. Really? So that movie was that you were like, all right, I'm going to get fucking focused. Yeah, man, because I got really violent one time. You know, man, um, I got really violent one time. You know, I wanted to do crack, and my ex-girlfriend didn't want to let me out of the car, man. And I said, you better let me out of the car. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be restrained, bro, okay? That's how yeah. bad it was. You know, and I, and I just, man, it was crazy. It was, it was like, I felt like a little kid who didn't want to go to the store to the fucking store with his mom no more. Yeah. You know, you get to the point where I don't want to go shopping with you no more. Yeah. I don't need new shoes, you know? Yeah. I want crack. So I just <laughs> ran out of her car, stopped running without stopping, and I just found, tried to find the first. It's sad that the, they always look for black crackheads, but that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, when you want crack. Yeah. Or, or, or look for a, a Mexican guy who doesn't speak English. Really? So um, I went, that was my last binge. And I was, and I had to shoot a movie, man. So I disappeared, and I did, um, I did, um, I did, um, something. That I did that drug that's kind of like heroin for the first time. Methadone? No, the other one. Uh, um, oxycotton. Oxycotton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Somebody said you gotta snort it, but I don't want to snort it, so I just chewed on them, and I just drank them with alcohol. Really? And then the next day we had to shoot the movie, man. Really? The first scene. So the next day I said, you know what, fuck this, it's not gonna work out like this. So I stood sober for the whole movie. Then I then I kept going 
day by day, day by day, and I stood sober. Really? Yeah. And then just weed just chills you out? Weed chills me out, man. I calm down. It's like Joey. Joey had problems with drugs. I don't want to fuck around, you know what I'm mean? saying? Did you ever talk to Joey about that? Yeah, I used to, um, like with Joey, he was the first guy I met that helped me get what I need, you know? When I first started smoking weed, I don't know where to buy pot. Yeah. And he told me where to, do, where to get it. And then when I first did blow again, because the first time I did coke, I didn't know what coke was. And I didn't know the reference sense, you know, for powder. I knew crack. I didn't know powder. Yeah. Somebody said, you want a bump? And I really gave him like a disco bump. <laughs> I said, fool, I thought you never ask. <laughs> Do the hustle. Because <laughs> I was drunk, man. And I was hyper. Yeah. And, and this guy said, after a comedy show, hey, homie, you want a bump? And I said, I thought you never asked. <laughs> and I was thinking, too, you know, bumping yeah, him. Yeah. I kept bumping him. You know, he, he got mad. <laughs> so I ended up going to his house, and we did a lot of bumps. Yeah. I stood, I stood at his house for a day and a half <laughs> really? doing coke and um, those little pills that you cut in pieces. Xanax? Xanax, yeah. Yeah, yeah so so then so you just smoke weed now, don't, and you're, you're, you've got a son that's like 13? I have a stepson who's 11. Okay, 11. He's two. I've known him since he was two years old. He's 11 now, so I, he's, he's um, my, my wife's son. Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes, everything I wanted in a son, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Bird, I'm raising my own Aryan army. Watch out, man. <laughs> he goes, orale. He don't say if you're high. He says, orale. <laughs> and, and you got him, and then you got your two kids? Yeah. It's sad because sometimes I, I'm walking with my stepson when he was like six, you know. Yeah. I'm walking with my stepson at the mall holding his hand. Then I see my real son coming. It feels uncomfortable. I feel like I'm cheating on him. Really? I got to tell my stepson, let go of my hand, fake. <laughs> I gotta tell my son, you know, because not, he's not used to seeing me on Wednesdays. Yeah. But he has, because he, he's used to seeing me on Saturdays from 9 to 9. Yeah. So I gotta tell him, listen, man, your days are Saturdays from 9 to 9. <laughs> right now you're breaking a court order decision made by your dumbass mom. <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, we should probably wrap this up. I gotta right. Yeah. What, uh, so wait, what's your tour dates look like? Oh, shit. Hold on. My tour dates, fool. I'm going to post this. I got I to gotta post the Owen Benjamin one. I'll post this one, like, within the 24 hours. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. I'll be at the Capital City, no, Capital City Comedy Club, Austin, or the Austin Comedy, Austin City Comedy Club. May Cap 20, City? Cap, Cap City. City Comedy Club, yeah. Yeah, Cap <laughs> City, May 27th to the 30th. I'm coming with Rodrigo Torres and Chris Thorin, my sponsor, and Rodrigo, my co-host of What's Up Food Podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to Boise, Idaho for the first time, man. And I'm not going there to pick potatoes, all right? <laughs> I'm going there. I'll be, be at the Egyptian Theater June 6th. Boise, Idaho, first time ever. Boston, I'm coming at you um, to June 18th through 20th. I already messed up my own handwriting. I don't know where I'm going to be at. I don't even know. I can't read it. But I'll be at the, some comedy club in Boston, June 18th through the 20th, and yeah, man, awesome. Uh, my dates, it, my dates are pretty fucking simple. Uh, DC Improv, guys, watch Trip Flip June 2nd. That's it. DC Improv, June 11th through the 13th, and then Trip Flip June 2nd 
8 p.m. Everyone watch it. And I'm going to get you on an episode of Birth of Conqueror. Oh, thank you, bro. Have, Appreciate I'll, it. We'll, do, we'll ride a coaster together. It'll be fun as fuck. What's we'll a coaster? We'll, we'll roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll ride a roller coaster together. We'll do something fun. We'll do something crazy because we're doing an episode out here. Hell, yeah. We're doing oh, it'll crazy, be man. fucking blast. Hell, yeah. And then uh, those are my tour dates. And then I'm shooting Birth of Conqueror, Addison Improv, Gotham, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale. I don't know those are all coming up. Felipe, you mentioned my podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check oh. out my podcast, What's Up, Fool Podcast. We just have random guests I meet in the streets or people who I find interesting or people who are just whatever, man. That's fucking awesome, man. I had you, um, crazy people on my podcast. You're the fucking real deal, man. Thank you, bro. You're I, real I, deal too, fool. I could fucking, I could, I could listen to you tell any story. I'm glad we never met, bro. When, we're, when you were getting fucked up, bro, we would have caused damage. Oh, we I know. I'm really glad that Christmas. It's, I'm glad that our paths didn't meet until well, now. Never. I'm glad you and I and Joe Diaz never crossed paths at the same time. Because I would have been the No Sleep to Brooklyn tour. <laughs> <laughs> no Sleep to Brooklyn, sponsored by the Dirt Devil. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you, Bert Chrysler. Join a motherfucker bone. <laughs>